Welcome to the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vanabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. And it's another day in the neighborhood. Another... It's a delightful... I was just thinking we should write some lyrics to the Media Nerds theme. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. I was actually thinking of some while the song was playing. We do the news and <laughs> the stuff and we talk about Star Wars and stuff. More, and I was actually thinking we could put our voices through a vocoder. Vocoder yes, is that what yes. it's called? Well, the thing that the auto tunes, you mean, is that what you're talking about? Well, there there used to be the actual thing that you could hold that in the 80s, they'd hold them in front of their mouths and sing into them. Are you, are you talking about the thing that the guy uses in Scream to disguise his voice? Hello, Sydney. You may be right that that's what that is. That, that movie, I caught it on TV uh, a couple weeks ago, yeah. and it's still a great movie. So, so good. Still funny? Still funny, still relevant. And you think about how this movie is more than 20 years old. The first one? Yeah, Scream is 97 yeah. it came out. And it's still really like the, the I mean it does kind of capture some of the kind of 90s like the the tabloid media of the 90s yeah. but it's still something that continues today all the reporters descending on the town Courtney Cox and her sensationalist kind of journalism. All right. Um Henry Winkler looks so young. Uh, he's in it? <laughs> he's, he's the principal for- of the high school. Oh, I forgot. And he looks so young compared to how he is now cuz I just finished yeah. watching Barry. So you see him now in Barry, but it's so funny because he's got like young Henry Winkler as the Fonz, midlife Henry yeah. Winkler as Scream, and then older Henry Winkler in uh, in Barry. It's just like just a complete and always career. great, always, always amazing, yeah. no matter what he does. Yeah, always great. I haven't seen. I I did. I, I will say that I recently went to YouTube to watch the Scream movie where Charlie Sheen fights Michael Jackson. <laughs> Do you remember that? No. I don't remember what episode that is. But it's, I mean, it's so funny and politically incorrect, particularly now, um, now that we sort of all know the drill with Michael Jackson. You're not talking about Hot Shots, are you? Charlie Sheen and No, there's a, there's a Scream movie where uh, Charlie Sheen fights Michael Jackson. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's all I'll say. I'll look it up on YouTube. Maybe you want to look it up on YouTube and make sure I haven't confused it with Hot Shots, Should but I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when you're when when uh, like Charlie Sheen, when his films are that good, you sometimes blur them a little bit. <laughs> is that when right? he said, "Yeah, his acting is so good that sometimes you confuse the man with the character he plays." Michael Jack, it is on YouTube. And it's Scream, Scary Movie Three. Oh, Scary Movie. Oh fuck, it's parody of Scream. Right, right. That's okay. Okay, well. No worries. Honest mistake. Go. Honest mistake. I'm like, there's no scream. By the way, the first scream was Wes Craven. I sh- yes. I'm, I'm trying they're, to stop saying, all, by the way. They were all Wes Craven. All of them? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. He was. No, know, but he wanted. Director, to- but was he director of the other ones? Um, I don't know. But I he, thought he was maybe producer. He was in the process of bringing it back for a reboot. They did actually have mm-hmm. a series on Netflix uh, a few years back, which was interesting. It was a reboot series, very under the radar, did not get a lot of play. And the idea behind it was what if Scream existed in our, in our connected world? Part of the issue with the first film is that it happens in a world without cell phones. So Sydney can't. She's got to be on a landline yeah. talking to this guy. But this movie incorporates texting and social media and all this other stuff into it. So it's interesting in that way. Uh, but I did not finish watching. It It was not as, as engaging as the original You just film. reminded me of something. So Scream is a very funny movie. It's funny. It's got funny, yes. mo- very funny yes. moments in it and scary moments. So that itself I always thought of. I think the, I think I, I, why I realize why I have the cognitive dissonance here is because Scary Movie is a parody of what's a parody of a parody. It is. It's yeah. a parody of uh, like Scream is a parody of scary, scary movies. Scary movie is more accurately a parody of all horror movies. Like it does a bunch. It just it starts with the premise of Scream, but then it goes through a ton of different 
movies. And then uh, in the end, it's not even a parody of horror movies anymore. They start doing just parodying any movie. Right, <laughs> exactly. At a certain they point. They did, yes. Right, right. right. They just kind of threw everything under, into the into the blender there. Oh, man, um, this is funny. This is like, like we're kind of tracking. So let's, let's as we approach 90s parody. Now, parodies. another funny meme I posted, uh, again, shared by a friend. <laughs> I reposted on, on the, uh, fan, the FanQuest page just to get people th- talking. We're having a Halloween ball, FanQuest Halloween ball in October. And so get, to get people thinking about Halloween, it was a funny meme of, uh, you see a photo of Tom Hanks in his, like, tuxedo like at the Oscars or something and it says me on August 31st at 11.59pm and then me at midnight on September 1st and he's in his David S. Pumpkins attire you know that creepy uh, character he does on SNL And so that's that meaning to say that the minute that it turns into September, we're thinking of Halloween. So um, all this to say, uh, start getting ready to watch. I'm going to do also do my Halloween uh, marathon, my movie marathon again this year. So I'll, I'm going to include Scream in that. Oh, some of those Scream films in that run of 31 films I'm going to watch. You're you're actually going to do 31. Yeah, I did 31 last year. I'm going to do 31 again this year for sure. I thought that was a one-off. A no, no, no. Only. It was fine. It was so much fun. And the only difference is that I'm going to actually... Last year was all new movies that I'd mm-hmm. never seen before. Not new, but ones that I'd never seen before. Uh, this year, I'm going to mix in new with my old favorites. Because there's certain films that I have to watch every Halloween that I did not watch last so year. So are you going to do what Scary Movie does and fudge it a little that's and just watch <laughs> anything that's mildly... That's right. Anything that has any kind of a scary scene in yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that exactly. What, is that, are you open to that possibility? No. Or must, no, horror only. Scary movies, yeah. Horror? Horror, yeah. Okay. Is horror that the same slash, as a scary well, movie? Well, suspense, some suspense films. Is this is The Sixth Sense a horror movie? This is a discussion for the podcast another day. Is The Sixth Sense a horror film? I would say no. You know, it's got some scary elements, but it's not horror necessarily. It's got hmm. supernatural elements, but it's not super, like, frightening. True. Interesting. It's very suspenseful, though. Suspense. Must a pumpkin appear in the film. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That one makes Cinderella okay for your list. That's No, let's not go there. I'm trying to stretch the boundaries of what you're able to watch in October. Let's uh, get into the nerd news. Throb at its center, the crystal of truth, the source of all life. The Skeksis have corrupted it. Now our world is at risk from the darkening. What is the darkening? Behold. The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance dropped this past weekend on Netflix. Have you watched any of it at all? I, I, I'm so out of the loop that I thought that that was going to be a feature film. Oh, I, I okay. thought it was going to open in theaters. And until you told me today that it's on Netflix, I still I, I have watched the trailer, mm-hmm. but I did not realize that that was a Netflix no, trailer. In fact, it, it's a series, not a film. It's a, a ten well, hour go. long episodes, and these are solid hours, like a, a Game of Thrones like length. So it's like a full hour, no commercials, um, and it is a very dense story. Like it's amazing to me that they've taken what was initially like less than two hour film, the first one, right, and they pack so much into it. I've got one article here that describes it as a Game of Thrones with puppets, uh, which is pretty accurate, I think, in a lot of ways. There's a lot of different storytelling elements, a lot of different characters going on here, and they've really kind of expanded the mythology of this world. It's like a prequel to the movie. Mm-hmm. So if you remember from the movie, the story is uh, there's these these creatures called the Skeksis, kind of look like birds or vultures or whatever, 
and they're evil and they use the dark crystal to suck the life out of creatures and basically be their evil, right? And then they have these little gelflings, which is little like elf looking creatures who go on a, a kind of a journey or a quest to restore the crystal. They have a piece of the crystal that they have to put back in and it's broken. So then once they restore it, it's all going to come together. And that's the main story. This tells the story of what happened before that, how the Skeksis got into power, how they broke the crystal to begin with. Um, and it's really interesting. There's a full world of Gelflings. It's like these different clans and it's a little bit of Lord of the Rings where they kind of move around from clan to clan and that kind of stuff. But overall, it's a very, very good uh, series so far. I've only watched two episodes. Excellent. So it's, it's again, it's tough. Like, it's not something I can binge. It's, like, so dense. I'm, I'm doing, like, one episode per night kind of thing, if wow. that. There's talk, another... a, talk about the never-ending story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's uh, it. There's another series on uh, Amazon that I want to get to called Carnival. Carnival? Something like that? Carnival? Carnival? Well, uh, Bobby Carnival? HBO had Carnival on oh, okay. it. Okay. So that, for a second, I thought that that's what you were talking about, which is a great show. Um, no, From back in the called, day. This one's called Michael Shannon. Carnival Row. Oh. Carnival Row is the name of it. And it's got Orlando Bloom and Kara Delevingne. She plays some sort of fairy, apparently. She's got wings here. Um, but, or, yeah, Orlando Bloom is in it. So, so speaking of Lord of the Rings, uh, what's his name from Orlando Bloom? What's his, what's name, his in name in the Lord of the Rings? Orlando Bloom. <laughs> Orlando Bloom. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Kind of late on on news that grabbed my attention this week. But last week, there's a huge story. We didn't talk about it because we recorded Star Wars Nerds last week, but... Um, I want to talk about the um, the Spider-Man deal. So Disney and Sony have broken up. Well, I mean, they could still potentially get a deal done, but right now, as of right now, um, there will be no be no more Spider-Man, as in uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man in the Marvel Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. Uh, they went back to the table to negotiate a new deal. Disney wanted fifty-fifty of the profits off these films. They had been getting five percent. I was shocked. To hear it was such a such a small number, five percent. That's what they had to do to get the deal. Yeah, no kidding. And then they thought there would be a rebalance. Well, then then they made uh, a number of very successful movies, including using that character, two standalone films and three larger films like uh, um, um, Civil War and the two uh, the two uh, Avengers movies, Endgame and um, and Infinity War. And so they went back to the table and said we should have fifty fifty. And I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, that seems right. And then Sony said no. So Sony is still thinking they can do this themselves when they clearly cannot. But it's also kind of like, thanks for building this brand for us. We'll take it from They're here. They're going to tank it. They're going to mess it up. I guarantee you. But that you. means the actor cannot play. No, 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 no. The actor can still play. All that stuff can stay the same. But there's not going to be any elements of the MCU, such as um, any other superheroes. Like there was tie-ins with Iron Man in the, in the first one. Uh, there are tie-ins with Shield in the second one. It's no no secret. The trailer shows Nick Fury in the new one that came out, the the Far From Home. Yeah. So the elements of Nick Fury in there and Shield and other parts of the MCU, none of that can appear now in this. So it's going to be back to the way it was, where Spider-Man does not exist. Are you, are you sure that actor can, is free to do that to yeah. play that role I'm again? Sure. Should they want him, or is this going to be another? They have at least one more movie like, already planned. Marvel wouldn't have him. Um, sort of sewn up, you know what I mean? I don't think so. I think this this is this is allowed. He is allowed to do that. So they have the film, the same director, the same actors who play the main characters in those films, not any other MCU characters like like Sam Jackson or anything like that. Um, and yeah, they they're going to make a third film, another like home series, like you know, it's Homecoming, Far From Home, some other home 
thing, and that's going to be it. So this one cannot have anything to do with the MCU. The other ones have been kind of tangentially, like the first one was with Michael Keaton, and he's like happening after the the aftermath of the the Avengers 2012, where New York City was wrecked and they're you know, salvaging all these alien artifacts. So that was very closely tied in, but kind of like here's the aftermath of it. So this one's going to have nothing to do with any of that stuff. It's so weird. It's so weird that they're doing this, and people are upset about it because yeah. that's the only time Spider-Man, other than the original Tobey Maguire movies, that's the only time Spider-Man has worked as far as a film franchise. And I would argue if Sony thinks that Venom, even though Venom did well financially, if that they think that's a benchmark of a successful film, they're sadly mistaken. Venom is horrible, and I don't care what you say, that is not a franchise. They cannot continue that. If they try, it's oh, going to fail. That's probably why they want Spider-Man well, exactly. back. Exactly. They want, yeah, they want Spider-Man to be in the Venom movies. Yeah. They want to be able to make a Spider-Man movie without, like, you know, cause, cause, because of the deal, uh, what's-his-face could not appear in the Venom movie, right? right? So that's that was the deal. Anyway, so, yeah, they're trying to – and they want to build all this other Spider-Verse stuff out. Now, that being said, the Into the Spider-Verse, have you seen that yet? The I animated have. film? Yeah. Was, it was amazing, good. amazing yep. film, and that they should continue. And that doesn't fall under any of this because it's animated, but it's still like that is the best iteration of Spider-Man we've had. Well, they can probably put a good in joke in there about Prob- this whole thing. Well, they did that for the first yeah. one, right? They they kind of referenced all the Sam yeah. Raimi movies and all that other. Oh, stuff. that's so right. They, you know what I mean? They made jokes about that. Yeah, I forgot versions. about that. But because it's the multiverse, they can have different versions of Spider-Man come in. They can have yeah. a Tom Holland version of Spider-Man come oh, in. Oh, I just had a nightmare scenario flash through my, through my head. New actor plays Spider-Man, and we have to watch the goddamn radioactive spider one more time. Oh, God. Like, what well, if? Well, that's, oh. the jo- that's the joke in the Spider-Verse is that keeps, okay, let's do this again for the last yeah. time. And they do it over and over again with all these different types no of spider people. More. But it's the same deal as Batman, right? How many more times do we need to see the pearls drop to the ground <laughs> um, for, no for that? that? That's, you know, that's. Yeah. That's what I liked about this version of Spider-Man is they didn't do that yeah. for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They just introduced him six months yeah. after he got his powers. Right. Here's where he's the at. The field trip is over. Right. We don't need that field trip no, anymore. No. And we don't. But that's what concerns me because I think that. I don't think I don't think this is going to be a reboot. I think it's, it is going to be Sony making the movies on their own, but they're not going to be as good. There's oh. no. They, they have to, Kevin Feige has some sort of magic presence where he knows he keeps everything together. He's the he's the producer. He's the common thread to all these things. Is Kevin Feige. I was definitely under the impression that Tom Holland could not play him, and I'm just gonna look. All right. Um, because did you hear what happened at um, at uh, when he showed up at was it um, D23? No. And uh, everybody was shouting "Save Spider Man." Oh no! <laughs> I didn't know that. No, I didn't hear that at all. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm just looking just to see. I was I was, and maybe other people are under that impression too, but. I want to, I just want to, oh, here we are. Tom Holland thinks his future is safe with, or no, I think Spider-Man's future is safe. Um, the Tom Holland believes the character's future is safe in Sony's hands. The world world of superhero pop culture was sh- rocked in August. Rocks. When without warning, blah, 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 blah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Holland, for his part, is still, oh, so he's still under contract to play Peter Parker for the foreseeable future, regardless of whether Sony or Marvel ultimately backtrack and settle on a new deal or not. And he's understandably hesitant to comment on the still fluid situation. He simply expressed his love for fans when he attended D23 to promote his upcoming Pixar movie Onward a couple weeks back. Now, in a new interview, he has promised that Sony will do right by Spider-Man. 
I don't know. I don't think he has any say over that. I can, I, I mean, I'm, I'm confident in his ability to play the character, but there's all kinds of elements to this that they just don't like. You know, they they who they use for special effects, who they use for who writes the script, who directs, like all these things. I mean, the, the same director has been involved all the. I, I don't remember his last. I think his last name's Webb. I don't remember his. Uh, Haha, <laughs> get it, Webb? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's wah, right. Um, anyway, the, the same director <laughs> has been involved for the the other the other two Spider-Man movies, which have been very good. And, and I think I said on the podcast that Spider-Man Far From Home might be my favorite Marvel movie at this point. Uh, it's awesome. I loved it. Every element of it. So, yeah. um, you know, we'll see what happens. But again, I just kind of wanted to weigh in and express my dissatisfaction with it I just, and call that they're going to mess it up. I thought of a genius idea. Okay, you know how Beverly Hills 90210 has gone meta? It's about yes, them. Yes. Okay. Did you watch what? that? No, I didn't oh, watch You told me about I it. I watched the first episode of it. Well, here's my idea for the future Spider-Man movie. A meta thing where Tom Holland is in the middle of Sony fighting with Marvel, and he has to decide which way he's going to go. That'd be, that'd be actually really interesting. That's something that would actually fit within the Spider-Verse oh. thing, because the Spider-Verse could do that. You know what we could call it? Mr. Holland's Opus. <laughs> <laughs> We could pull a third property into there. Awesome. All right. That's going to do for the Nerd News. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking about political advertising. Yay. Here on the Media Nerds Podcast. So we are on the verge of a provincial election here in, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, uh, in Canada, um, which means that we're, it's you know, for those in the U.S., it's the equivalent of the state government. So the governor, our premier is like your governor, and our legislature is like whatever they call the, that in the states. I don't know what it is, actually. What do they call it? Say that again. The what, like, is, what is the equivalent to a legislature in the U.S.? The governor? Like the, probably well, the, the governor, go- but yeah. who is like what's underneath the governor? Senate or state representatives? I don't know. State, right, yeah. state Senate? Is that what it is? Uh, I should know this. Oh, man. Anyway. I used to know this. I don't anymore. <laughs> okay, so political uh, ads. That's what I want to talk about because we're talking about media and we've been subjected to a number of different political advertising platforms. One of the most popular appears to be um, to be direct mail. That's what I get the most. I get a crap load of flyers in my mail uh, for various parties. And it's just like, I, I you know, every year, I actually, it was funny because it came up on my timeline. You know, they do the history thing on Facebook. And a couple of years ago, whenever the last um, federal election happened around this time, I, I took a photo of all the different campaign ads that came in my mailbox at the same time. And it was NDP and PC and whatever. So briefly, for those who don't know, our political system has uh, four parties now, four somewhat major parties, the conservatives, the NDP, the New Democratic Party, um, the Liberals, and then the Green Party, which is kind of the lower, smaller party. There's a Green Party in the States as well, right? Isn't there something similar? But they're also, like Ralph Nader, what was he? Wasn't he the Green Party? Did he call it the Green I Party? I think he did. I think wow, you're did. exposing my complete ignorance on uh, a lot of fronts today. Ralph Nader, I just remember when he was running, I think he was running against Bush one time. Yeah, um, anyway. yeah and he was blamed for... Getting one percent of the vote that would Away have pushed from Al, Gore. Al Gore over yeah, the top. That's right. right. Yeah. Anyway, so here in, in Winnipeg, uh, it's it, I just find it interesting these ads, and maybe we should start by talking about the negative uh, quote unquote attack ads that we see here. And be- even before that, sure. I just want to tell you, Dan, that state governments of the United States are institutional units in the United States exercising some of the functions of government. At a level that below, or at a level below that of the federal government, each state's government holds legislative, executive, and judicial authority over a defined 
geographic territory. There you go. Those are the components. But what do they call the representatives? Um, like here, it's oh, sure. MLA, Member of Legislative Assembly, MLA is the name the of the The elected person. governor, often on a joint ticket with the Attorney General, Secretary of State, Auditors, Treasurer, blah, 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 blah. State government. <laughs> That's what it's listed here as, state government. What are you thinking of? Uh, I don't know. Never mind. Uh, okay, so what I want to oh, do God. now— now, now, what? Now, I gotta dig deeper into no, this. No, you don't. You can just drop it. We don't need to get into this. I was trying to make a joke and it crashed horribly. Um, <laughs> so here is okay. So there's a couple of different things here. Um, so the strategy uh, uh, currently, our, our our political landscape is uh, here in, in Manitoba. The Conservatives have been in power for the last three-ish years. There was an election in 2016, and they won overwhelmingly. They got a, a House majority, which means they can make all the decisions, they control all the votes. Mm-hmm. Overwhelming majority, uh, and they incidentally called an election earlier than it was supposed to. We were supposed to have legislated uh, set election dates, so we weren't actually supposed to go to the polls until next year, until 2020. But our Premier Brian Pallister decided to call it early. And gave, in my opinion, kind of a weak excuse for it, but whatever. He did it anyway. And I think the real reason everyone acknowledges is that he did it while they were in a position of power. They're doing well in the polls, so they're taking advantage of the fact that they probably will win another election or hope to win another election yeah. based on their current popularity. He is basically uh, uh, Canada's Boris Johnson. Manitoba's Boris Johnson. <laughs> I don't know if I would say that. Um, okay, he's got slightly better hair. Yeah, he's super tall. But Boris Johnson about him. is in England more than what this guy is in Manitoba. <laughs> okay. So- <laughs> So their tactic, their primary now. There's yeah. there's all these ads. There's one kind of ad that shows Brian Pallister as a human being and shaking people's hands <laughs> as, and, as a human. Yeah, being. like he's, he's not, portraying. Well, one? maybe he's a really a robot. We don't know. Um, but he's okay. Here's one. I'm gonna play this for you. Hopefully the audio is good. It's called Building a Better Manitoba. This is off their YouTube page. All right, ready. We've made real progress towards building a better Manitoba, and with your support, we want to do even more. And that's why our 2020 tax rollback will reduce your taxes by a further $2,020. Our healthcare guarantee will provide two billion in new funding. He's and talking we'll to people smiling. New schools. We inherited a real mess, and we've all had to work hard to clean it up. So today, we can invest more in the things that matter most. Laughing Together, with seniors. let's keep building a better Manitoba. Very windswept hair. He's at the top of a building or something there. So there's one. That's one ad. That's a very positive ad. Like this is why vote for me because I'm I'm gonna do all these uh, things. For I you. inherited a mess. Oh, that's a bit of a yeah. That's a bit of a sl- uh, slight at the NDP. Everybody has that ad. Who were in power for 17 years before. Uh, the Conservatives won. We had an NDP yeah. government for a long time. So that's one aspect of their strategy. And this is not uncommon. This is a very common political advertising strategy because here's the other side of it. Here's an ad, another ad on their same YouTube page. NDP leader Wab Canoe wants to turn back the clock. Back to a time when the NDP raised your taxes. 15 taxes in 14 years. Back to a time when we had the longest ER waits in Canada. Nine hours at Grace Hospital. And when we were dead last in education results. Wab Canoe wants you to forget 17 years of NDP failure. Now, he wants you to trust them again? Don't let Wab Canoe and the NDP take us back. Okay, the graphic is of an alarm clock with Wab Canoe's face, and Wab Canoe is the leader of the NDP, Wab Canoe's face on it, and right just behind him is, Brian, is Greg Selinger, who used to be the premier. Greg Selinger was the premier under the previous NDP government and largely blamed for the reason they lost the last time around because nobody liked him. Um, and then also all their- I liked him. Well, you know, he had a, weird, he had a, he had a very weak handshake. Oh, That's the only thing I'll say about him. When, uh, he ran for mayor when I was in creative communication. Oh, really? oh, and he that. was by far considered to be- 
the most knowledgeable of the candidates in that particular election. Okay. So, you know, with politics, the times change sometimes. Yeah, no, and Flavor to, to of be the fair, month. he did win the election and he yeah. didn't run for a long time. Um, or he did he was our premier and and you know, say what you want about the I wouldn't say seventeen years of failure. There was a lot of good things I'm sure that came out of there. If they were failing, we wouldn't have kept ele- electing them. So but that's the other side of it. Like it's an attack ad against the party, attack ad against Wab Canoe, a risk we can't afford. It's a failure and all that other stuff. That's the other tactic they use why do they do that because uh historically those ads work why attack ads yeah they just do they work because and and i even hear it in in people i know tend to parrot them okay they hear them you know they're like you just can't trust so and so like it is and that sort of um is it because it echoes the thoughts that they're already having uh partially but i also think I mean, it does what all advertising does, which it takes something complicated and difficult to understand. It makes it seemingly easy to understand. And I think it's easier to parrot a tagline uh, than it is to actually look into the politics and actually figure out what people stand for. Okay. I think that's why. But, I mean, you see it all the time. Yeah, exactly. Even, I mean, in the U.S., it's it's very pronounced. It's where it's worse in the U.S. And, well, and, crooked Hillary. Uh, yuck, well, yuck, yuck, and the yuck, other yuck. thing is that, and I'll talk about in a second, the media in which these ads yeah. are being placed. Right now we're watching them on YouTube, but they are running on regular TV as well. Uh, but here, now the NDP is not guilt-free in this respect. Here's the NDP's, again, contrasting ads. Here's the NDP uh, positive ad. I want all of our lives and our kids' lives to be about achieving our hopes. But it's hard right now. People are stressed. They feel like the system is stacked. I always watch these and I like and it is. Brian look for people Cowell I know. Keeps choosing <laughs> powerful, leaving the rest of us behind. Sometimes there's people who work at ad agencies. Yeah, 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 that's right. I enjoy that part. <laughs> things that lift us all up, like healthcare and education. I'm Wab Canoe, and I want to build a future for all of us. There we go. Not just those at the top. Ah, uh, very nice. Very, very much of a, a very a, kind of a Bernie Sanders, like not just those at the top. Like, I'm here for the people kind of thing, right? So then they're, in contrast to that, here's their attack ad against uh, the conservatives. Oh. Our roads are such a disaster. And you know why? Brian Pellister. He cut the roads budget by 40%. <laughs> I mean, who's he working for? So you don't really hear it in this, but she's saying such an asshole. And that's the that's the final word. They yeah. bleep it out and she slams the door so that you don't hear it. But that's the common thread through all these. I have a series of these. Seriously, who looks at healthcare and thinks, you know what? We need even less of this helping people stuff. Let's fire a bunch of nurses. Let's close a bunch of ERs. I mean, who does that? Brian Pellister, that's who. I don't know who he's working for, but it isn't us. What now? Again, you don't hear the the asshole part, but that's, I think it's a kind of a more clever execution of this than, than the standard kind of, this person is bad because it's a little bit more creative in that respect. I think we're just about two years away from just saying the word asshole in these well, ads. Well, exactly. Yeah, you're right. No, I very much we are. so. I think, yeah. I think we're sliding toward that. Nobody's going to care about that. Um, but, but yeah. But, but I also, but the, you know, the part of that ad that, I mean, that's a classic. Bob Dylan uh, says, don't follow leaders, watch the parking meters. Yeah. And that's like, that's an attempt to be like, the roads are shitty. Something that everybody sees every day. The roads are terrible. And people who don't live in Canada may not know that uh, having a minus 50 degree winter will wreak havoc on your, and, and plus 40 degrees in summer will make roads crack and all of that stuff. So, of course, 
the roads are going to be terrible. Right. I, so, I, but I it's, it's what you're saying. They're taking a very complicated yeah. issue and boiling it down right. to very simple and blaming somebody. That's the that's the idea. Right. Here's so, like, who's to blame for your. Every, never mind that the roads are technically right. a city thing. <laughs> the right. city of Winnipeg. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's right. They're every, the ones who repair the every roads. Every time you see a pothole on a road, I want you to think of this guy's face. Is exactly. What in that doing. pothole. Right. Brian Pallister's face. Right actually, there. that's what they should have done. They should have actually. Yes. Wherever I look, I see this guy's terrible face and all the potholes. That'd be very funny. And then you could back it up with an actual, you could do a piece where you actually put it in potholes so people literally see his face in potholes. Yes, very creative execution there for sure. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. I think we should have helped them out on this. Yeah, well, you know, we're we're available. But it's funny. Give us a call, election people. I uh, I always notice that uh, once a year we bring uh, we we don't but uh, the journalism instructor brings the students to city hall yeah and and it's always like it there's too much crime and there's too much garbage Grime, cr- crime and grime that's mm. what it's all about crime and grime crime grime crime grime so usually it'll be about one of those things and I I put the potholes under the grime under sure. the, things don't look good and it's yep. bumpy when you drive and it's like it's a nuisance. That kind of thing. So it's you know, but you're right. It's a city. It's a city hall thing more than a provincial government thing. I think you could have made the case that the that the city and the and the provincial government aren't working together as closely as they used to under this government. I think that's nobody. An nobody. Yeah, but nobody's taking that that tact. The, yeah. Nobody's really using that uh, information. Um, I think that's what they're getting at with that. Yeah, by maybe, blaming him. Maybe, yeah. But it's just a, it's a bit of a as you know it's a simplistic way. As we say. Well, you don't have time. Yeah. You only have time. No. 30 seconds to convey something. Yeah. Even th- and actually, these are 15-second spots, so they're even shorter, which I wonder why that is. I wonder why they chose to go do 15s instead of 30s. Well, he's being promoted uh, as uh, cro- as um, pre-roll ads, too? Uh, no, or are they I, just, I, I'm sure they, it's yeah. It's just organic, or is it? Well, I'm just on their YouTube page, so I don't yeah. know. I've not been. I've actually not seen any YouTube pre-rolls, and I'd be interested to know if anybody's listening. I've seen one. Okay. I've seen one on my Apple TV. I, I, I can't remember what I was watching, and it's the classic. I skipped it in five seconds. So I was like, Wob Canoe is a terrible skip. Click. Yeah, that, yeah. So I was like, okay. I was like, they hate Wob Canoe. That's a thank you. And uh, Clay. And I just skipped to watch my video like everybody does. Right. Yes, of course. Or whatever. So and I will also say um, the I have had absolutely like the mailbox drop. Oh, constantly. for sure. That's 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 but I, yeah, I don't pay attention to that stuff necessarily. And it's just a bunch of like, oh, I wish they would. I mean, I guess it's it's seen as a you know practical, if successful way to market a, a candidate, but yeah, it's such a waste. Um, that the uh, conservative in my writing has a brochure with a post-it note on it, with it printed, saying like professionally printed as opposed to handwritten. Oh, but it's saying, supposed to look like handwritten. Sorry, yeah, sorry, I missed you. It says on it, and they put it. Well, and you know, of course, you can take it out of your box. Like, well, I'm not sorry I missed you, because that would have been a. <laughs> 15, 20 minutes out of my day. They try to make it look like the candidate visited right. all these, yes. these houses. Oh, try to that's make it, misleading. I don't like that. They tried to make it. That's the, the one that stood out to me because of the post-it note. Interesting. There was another story I heard. Someone had put, um, I won't say which party. Fine, I'll keep it like neutral. But one of the parties put a lawn sign on his front lawn without his permission and then left a note in the mailbox saying, if we've done this by mistake, please call us and we'll remove it. So what, what like that seems a lot very deceptive as well, where like they they you know, the lawn sign is also a very major part of a political campaign. You go around, you see which yeah. which parties are being, um, um, you know, prom- uh, promoted or supported in a neighborhood. But I think a lot of that is them going up to these places and saying, can I put a sign on your yard? 
because it's an invisible spot. Like if you go down right. Henderson Highway or Major Street, there's signs everywhere, and some houses even have multiple signs for multiple candidates. Yeah, right, because they're giving everyone an equal shot. Right, so it's not always an accurate portrayal of this neighborhood supports this candidate. They'll often in the 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 media pundits will often like talk about the lawn sign wars and who's winning that war and that kind of stuff. But I don't know how it's also part of the strategy as far as where you're going to place those signs. Yeah, you know what I mean to to make it seem as though. Most people in the neighborhood are voting for a certain party or over another one. Yeah, I noticed the fences on Academy, which is a major yeah. thoroughfare. Yeah, that, that, that's where they, yeah. they're really But there's more than one party. There's like NDP, APC, yeah. and a liberal. Um, these ads, for the most part, are playing on uh, – on, I've seen them on TV – Standard, like, but it's very, very densely, like, like everything on TV. You see one every single commercial break, and multiple ones in commercial breaks. So they'll have one hating uh, Wav Canoe and then one hating Brian Ballister, yeah. like back to back, which is kind of awkward. Um, so that, and then they're taking the audio versions of so far the ones we played here, except for that one that had all the text, have been easily translatable to audio. They take the audio track and then run that on radio, and I've right. heard those a lot on the radio station that I work at. Um, I just want to quickly play since we don't want we want to cover a liberal all party. So yeah. let's talk, this is the li- they only have one ad. Everything else on their really well, everything else on their YouTube channel is just video of Dougal Lamont, their leader, saying things. Um, so I think it's just him posting videos about what he believes in. Um, let's, but um, let's find out. This is the one that they have. Vote a new way. Vote Manitoba Liberal is what it's called. I'm Dougal Lamont, leader of the Manitoba Liberal Party. I'm running for premier because for too long and for too many Manitobans, life's been getting harder bit by bit. It doesn't need to be this way. We can turn things around and leave a better province to this generation and to the next. We know there's a lot of work to do, but we won't take anything or anyone for granted. We want to make sure that your family can succeed, and we have a plan to do it. Check out our website and vote a new way for a new way forward for all Manitobans. Vote Manitoba Liberal. And that's the exact same ad I heard on the radio as well. So the exact same audio for that. So, but the, just so you know, the imagery is like just a pitch, a series of photos of him. It's very, it's low budget. It's, it's a one shot of him looking at the camera next to the river and then some stills of him doing things at different events and that kind of stuff. And that's basically it. So very straightforward and some very light guitar music in the background. Although I find that it's, it's kind of weird. It's like for too long, things have been too hard for a lot of people, which seems like a negative. So this is kind of like both in one. It's like taking a shot at the previous government, but also trying to be uplifting and positive. So it's a bit of a mishmash of different tactics. Well, here. historically, uh, the PC party has been the business party. Right. The NDP is the people's party. And the liberals are stuck between there somewhere. Well, and it, uh, I mean, this is, you know, we don't that's want, what you see in the advertising. Yeah, you don't want to get like uh, in, into the Canadian politics system, but it's to me, it's very weird how the liberals on a federal level are, are in power. Like Justin Trudeau is a liberal yeah. candidate. Our prime minister is liberal, very popular federally, but here in Manitoba, not very popular. They've never held the premier's office, right? There's never been a liberal Ooh. premier, as far as I can tell, right? In recent times, no. Certainly, I, I mean, I don't know. I should be, I should be more well informed on this. But anyway, it's usually gone between the NDP and the PCs, back and forth, kind of thing. But yeah, just like this is just a kind of another, you know, kind of generic ad. I don't know that this would this would sway me either way. Um, but again, we have to take a look at this as a whole. It's not just about the single ad. It's about the ad plus the science plus the um, plus the flyers plus the, the everything coming together to try and convince someone to to vote for a certain person. I'm looking up nonpartisan, nonpartisan. Oh, liberal. Uh, and we're talking the 1800s. Oh, so that's like a so hang back. On. Oh, no, liberal. Uh, what year is that? Yeah, still 1800s. 
Uh, oh <laughs> so boy. we're coming up on here in Manitoba. We're coming up on our 150th and, and, birthday. And who the hell even knew what the liberal, the, like the liberal party was in the 1800s? It might have. Wow. Might have. And then there's the Johnny McDonald. Yeah. Then there's the. the, the <laughs> oh, was he conservative? I don't know who actually. Then there's liberal dash progressive. Yeah, there was a bunch then of weird parties. there's nonpartisan. There, yeah, it's all over the map. But so the other party here in Manitoba is the Green Party, which is relatively newer, um, although very similar. Like Green kind of says it all. They're very focused on the uh, environment. Um, but again, it's, the funny thing is, like the Liberals, the NDP, and the Green are all on, on what would be called the left side of the spectrum, political spectrum. Whereas the Conservatives are more on the right side. In the states, they kind of more clearly divide left and right. Here, it's like various shades of left. Even our Conservatives are pretty pretty liberal compared to the Republicans in the U.S. and that kind of stuff, right? So generally speaking, uh, but they're, you know, they're very much like cutting taxes and less government and very much the same kind of things that the Republicans are, whereas liberals are more tax and spend and social programs and that kind of stuff. So similar in political ways. But in a way, the Greens, the Liberals, and the NDP are kind of eating each other up while the Conservatives dominate. That's kind of the way it goes. So all these different parties are appealing to the same ideas. Like there's some, you know, as somebody, I don't want to get into my own specifics, but there's aspects of all these parties that I like and aspects I don't like. Um, so it's hard to determine what's going to make me vote for a specific party in my in my riding. My wow. riding right now is a PC riding. It's a conservative riding. Um, but there is a, a NDP candidate there that is making a strong push there. So I don't know. I am, I am in a riding where um, John Gerard runs for the Liberals. Oh, he's always won, though. He's he, really good. He can, He's unstoppable. Yeah. And I don't think it'll matter what happens uh, uh, in terms of the vote because uh, – and not just that, the boundaries changed. So I used to be in a different riding, and so they just extended the River Heights riding. There was a little bit of that this time. Over, like we yeah. have a former, a former radio personality is running in a new riding. Can we talk about that? Independent candidates? Dave Wheeler is running. Did you know that? I saw that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, he's running as an independent in a new riding in hopes of getting a new seat, but that's kind of a, you know, running as an independent really is never a good idea anyway, but I think he's just doing it to get more notoriety or whatever. The classic publicity play. Yeah, uh, exactly. Real estate agents sometimes do that. That's right. They run for office because <laughs> it's like, they're. I already got the pictures of my face. Yeah, that's right. I that's just right. need to put them on a different color different, sign. Different type of sign. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So that's yeah, kind of that happens. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that that's kind of like, um, well, yeah, I was going to go with the Green Party. So I was driving around in Wolseley. Uh, my mom moved into a new place in Wolseley this weekend. And so I'm driving around Wolseley and I'm noticing a lot of Green Party signs. That that And that's kind of the granola neighborhood. That's where like a lot of the quote unquote hippies live or people who are more like more left minded and more about the environment. That's the neighborhood that always protests whenever they fog for mosquitoes. They don't want it there because it's pesticides or whatever. That's, you know, the kind of people who live there. And so that's if any area in Winnipeg, that's the one that's probably most likely going to vote green. And in fact, their leader ran there last time and I think did fairly well as far as the I don't know what the numbers were, but he did OK. James Bedham. He did it not bad. Whenever you see the votes roll in, I mean, it's the same for civic politics. It's actually shocking how few, like, how, like how low the vote counts actually are. Well, that's another thing is that, yeah, voter like, turnout is awful. We're in a city of less than a million people, so let's start there. And then we burst the city into all these different ridings. And um, and when when an actual election night rolls around, uh, sometimes it's just shocking how— Sometimes uh, people are winning by tens of yeah. votes, kind of thing, tens yeah. or hundreds of votes. Like, it's not a huge wide margin in a lot of cases. We're not like a major American city no. where it's like 
you know, the whole lot lies in the balance. Yeah. But yeah, that's you're right. But the, and the voter turnout, well, I'm not expecting it to be much higher than 50 percent, if that. Like, I think it's going to be very, very low this time around. Yeah. Not a lot of people are engaged with this election. Um, it was called in the summertime, which nobody's paying attention to politics anyway. Everyone's busy with back to school stuff right now. Like, there's not a lot of people who are really focused on this. I think that's what the conservatives are counting on. But yeah, the the Green Party. So they have their candidates there, and lots of green signs. The leader for the Green Party, who you'd think would be the most likely one to get nominated, None, no Green Party candidate has ever won here in Manitoba. But uh, of everybody, you'd think the leader would be the one who's most likely most likely going to be nominated. He's running in the same riding as Wab Canoe. So he's running, and I don't remember what the riding is, but he is. Um, He's decided, I think it's because he lives in that neighborhood. He feels yeah. like he's got a bigger connection to that neighborhood, which is fair. That's the writing I used to be in. But fair, to be fair, doesn't that feel like he's just going to be taking votes away from Wab Canoe in that riding? Potentially. Like, isn't that strange? Like, that's kind of, a lot of people will vote strategically right. to get a person out of office or in office kind of thing. So they'll vote, they're not voting for somebody, but they'll vote against somebody. And maybe yeah. some people might do that. I don't want to be like, like the, the, maybe the American voter that drives me most crazy is the one who voted for Gary Johnson. Kind of thing. <laughs> okay. We're like, I, and you see it from time to time when you know Lester Holt takes his microphone out to Seattle or whatever. It's like, actually, I voted for Gary Johnson. It's just like, by law, you have to follow that with wah wah. <laughs> like, why? Why did you do that, you crazy freak? And and uh, and so I try not to be that person. I try not to. I try to go strategically. And let's be honest, we work at a college in Canada. What do you think the leaning is when you're dealing with? bunch of young people in a college well, in Canada, sure, in sure. a Canadian city. What do you think the political leaning tends to be? Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get what so, you're saying. So, so, you know, I think, uh, I think in these parts, we sort of know. Uh, if I were to do a straw poll among the students, although we do get students um, from out of town, and, that, and those writings tend to go more conservative. So we'll see. We'll yeah, see no, what no, happens. for sure. The um, it's not it's not a complete uh, thing in that direction. But I mean, if we go to class and say, "Who hates Donald Trump?" Stand up, please. Oh, Sorry. And uh, and everybody would stand. Sam Cates, he's been mayor of Winnipeg for six years. What has he accomplished? Not a heck of a lot, besides delaying and flip flopping on rapid transit and making ridiculous promises that simply aren't reasonable for Winnipeg. Sam Cates. He kicks children in the face. Nice. <laughs> Sorry. I just remembered that. That was a funny So, uh, the story there is that our, our former mayor, Mr. Cates, was playing some sort of soccer game, and he accidentally kicked one of the kids in the face playing soccer. So they show a video clip of that saying he, he kicks kids in the face. So I always think it's funny. That's that's like what these political ads have come down that's to. That's like the classic problem with campaigning, which is you got they push the they put these people into scenarios that are horrible. Or t- taking things, out, then, of con- taking right. things out of context. That's right. Exactly what these that ads too. Do. It's but stupid. It's like, you know, that's why I would never run for office because they go. I'm tempted to. I got to tell you, what? I'm tempted to. You but should. I, I think I would get so frustrated with all the bullshit that goes yeah. on. I'm not I'm not a political person by nature. Like, I, I wouldn't want to, yeah. like, please everybody or anything like that. I would want to get <laughs> do- things done. That's the last thing you want to do is make people happy. Well, <laughs> I want to make myself happy. Um, anyway, so no, I just thought that's, you, you know. know what they do? They'd go, why don't you go play that soccer game with those kids? Why don't you – and they they have all these scenarios for you to do so they could get some B-roll. And that's where all the all hell breaks loose. That's where you start kicking kids in the face and where <laughs> accidentally and, 
you know, Gerald Ford catching the football, like all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, this that's just a funny uh Funny little side there. Okay, so uh, so yeah, where this all leaves us, I don't know. We have the problem is that we have to do it all over again next month when we yeah. have our federal election happening uh, in Canada. So it's the exact same thing, different uh, uh, different candidates, different signs. Still green NDP, all the same parties, but different versions of them. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to do it all over again, and it's going to be different issues and all kinds of other stuff. So we're definitely going to have election fatigue by the end of uh, October of next year, or oh, this yes. year rather. So, and luckily we don't have enough. We did have a federal, uh, civic election last year. So we're like, we're, you know, we have a break from that for a little while, but it just seems like there's a lot of elections going on a lot of the time here. Well, luckily there's a big American election coming that's up right. year next year. Satiate our desire to have that's an more election. Like a, that's like a spectator sport for me. I can just sit back and watch, although it does affect us, of course, but that as, that's just like a, it's like watching a sporting event. As we like to point out, it was the quiet, quietest day in Red River College oh my history. God. It was the day that Trump won and we all came to school and it was just like you could hear a pin drop. It was so crazy. So depressing. All right, let's get to some recommendations. What do you have for us this week? Um, I just finished watching three seasons of a show on Netflix called Call My Agent. It's a, I know, a surprise. Never heard of it. It, I uh, read about it in Q Magazine, the British music magazine. Mm-hmm. One of their editors recommended it. And they're like, of course, call my age. Everything call my agent does is wonderful. Cause in their little roundup, I was like, what's this? So I, I watched it all three seasons pretty quick and over the long weekend, six episodes a season. They're about 50 minutes each. Um, and it is, it's a great show about being a, a like a Hollywood style agent, except in Paris. Oh, and, um, it's kind of fun to watch. It's, uh, uh, English subtitles. So they speak French with the a little bit of English, uh, comes in every now and again yeah and uh and um some very famous french actors make appearances throughout uh, like throughout the show um like uh, juliette benoche okay shows up and uh and others who i was unaware of jean renault but then when i uh, n- not yet but then <laughs> uh, there's gonna be a season is this four a, is this a french version of a entourage is that what this is uh, there is a there is a there are parallels okay but no it's a little different it's more um it's almost like uh, it's not a sitcom, but it's almost like a Mary Tyler Moore style. Like we're all in this together. We're friends who sometimes fight, but we're working at this agency together. We're trying to get things done, and crazy things happen in the world of stardom, and okay. movies, and things like that. So uh, it starts, you know, it starts a little slowly, and I was like, oh, this is kind of amusing. But by the time I got to the end of the third season, I was definitely very invested in this thing. So I loved it, and since then. Now that I can't be spoiled, I, I looked it up online, and the reviews are very solid for it. And, uh, and it turns out lots of uh, people in North America have watched this show. It's very popular on Netflix, huh. um, more than I, I'd never heard of it before I read about it. So uh, I recommend Call My Agent. It's excellent if you like the world. I always like movies about movies. Yeah, kind of that's fun, is, yeah. Yeah, and so this has that, that, that fun quality. And there's some soap opera-style elements in there, too, about relationships in the agency and stuff like that. But... Overall, I really enjoyed that show. Cool. Yeah. I'll check it out. Um, I already mentioned I'm watching The Dark Crystal, so I'm not going to talk about that. But one uh, YouTube channel I've recently started uh, watching quite a bit of, when I discover a new YouTube channel that I really like, I'll just follow down the rabbit hole and watch all their back videos and that kind of stuff. So this one is called Toy Galaxy, and I thought it would appeal to you as a toy collector. Um, Toy Galaxy. It's got, uh, basically what what got me into it was, uh, again, suggested a video about the history of Reboot. Reboot is a Canadian animated series that was on in the late 90s, early 2000s about 
Uh, it was like one of the first computer-generated TV series. And it was really, I mean, when you look back, the animation isn't great by today's standards, but at the time it was pretty crazy. And um, one of the things was uh, talked about how kind of reboot itself has been rebooted a couple of times. And it, it just was this, it's a standard like guy standing in front of the camera talking type YouTube show with images intercut and that kind of stuff. But there's also lots of great jokes. And when you explore the channel further, their focus really is on toys and collectibles as opposed to cartoons. But cartoons are such a part of the toy marketing strategy, especially going back to the 80s when I was a kid, that um, that is really just, just sparking all the nostalgia for me. So they're talking about Robotech and Transformers and G.I. Joe and even these more obscure toy lines that I remember now that I, I they've reminded me, one called Battle Beasts, which I was like, I remember having that when I was a kid, or Visionaries or Captain Power and all these kind of Every toy in the 80s had a gimmick. They had to have some sort of gimmick to get kids to want them. Mm -hmm. And so it was so funny the links to a lot of, what a lot of these companies would go to, to to try and sell these toys to people. So it's very much in the same vein as The Toys That Made Us, that series that was on yeah. Netflix. But it's just, a, it's just a guy talking to a camera. It's funny. Um, they usually throw some outtakes in there because the guy has a hard time reading sometimes. Um, they also often will cut in the middle of the, the video. They'll cut. We'll be, we'll, we'll be right back, and they'll cut to an ad for that toy, whatever they're talking about. So you see an old school ad, which I love to see. And I've just had a great time just going down these roads. They have a history of Star Wars figures. They talk about the exact like run of Star Wars and and how they all. We've we've talked about it on Star Wars Nerds, and of course you experienced it. But about how like they rolled out those toys, and then even the the power of the Force line. They talk about specific toy lines and mm -hmm. and what the history of these lines and everything. Great, it's a lot of fun. I think you'd really enjoy. I love it. that stuff. Yeah, I know you would really enjoy. Tell this. us the name again. Uh, toy Galaxy. Toy Just search, Galaxy. Search Toy Galaxy on YouTube. Not a huge channel. They've got a couple hundred thousand subscribers, but it's really really good stuff. I really enjoy I'll it. I'll check it out for so, sure. Yeah, it's gonna be good. You not gonna sing along here? Not yet. Oh, I'm okay. Writing them. Okay, next week. I don't have a song for you yet. Okay. <laughs> Maybe, well, Star Wars Nerds has the sound effects. So. There we go. Well, we're, we'll start from there. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vadabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the door hit you on the ass. <laughs>